Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The introduction of European crops was a natural step in the conquest of America, and wheat was one of the first foods introduced into Mexico. And where there is wheat, there is tortas. This episode is all about tortas. My name is Eva Longoria. And I am Maite Gomez Rejon. And welcome to Hungry Hungry for for History. History. A podcast that explores our past and present through food. On every episode, we'll talk about the history of some of our favorite dishes, ingredients, and beverages. So make yourself at home. Y buen provecho. Mexican sandwiches take the sandwich game to a whole other level and... Look, let's dive in. Let's dissect the torta. Okay. Wheat is not native to Mesoamerica. It's not endemic to Mesoamerica. No, no, it's not. Jeffrey Pilcher, he's a food historian who's amazing. He wrote this book called Que Vivan Los Tamales, Food and the Making of Mexican Identity. Um, And he goes into wheat, you know, in Spain. Iberian people had been cultivating wheat using methods developed in Syria and Egypt for millennia before they were in Mexico. And when Spain was part of the Roman Empire, they valued white bread so much that they added chalk to it to achieve purity. What? I know. It's just so bizarre. And during Mm -hmm. the reconquest of 1492, we took on a particular religious significance, right? It became, you know, the only grain suitable for the Eucharistic wafer. I mean, it was already being used for that, but it just took on a very religious significance during this period. Mm -hmm. So it was very important to the Spaniards who had migrated to America, to the colonizers. And also... Mm -hmm. Ferdinand and Isabella, the Catholic monarchs so who were in charge of this reconquest, beginning in 1504, they had a, a bunch of policies to foment work production. They allowed shepherds to run their animals through fields, through wheat fields, and cut down forests to provide pasture. So they were sort of rethinking agriculture, and this resulted in famine um, and hunger. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these conquistadors remember this. Some of them have been through hunger in Spain. 
what are they going to do in this new land? So let's bring this yeah. wheat, um, which I find super interesting. That aspect of wheat that we didn't really talk about when we talked when we did our corn and and flour episode. Yeah, we didn't talk about that because I didn't really. I yeah, I was like, where where did wheat come from anyway? And then and then like, how did it end up in France and? And like all the other bread staples of Europe. I mean, we could do whole bread breads around the world. Of all the products that were brought to Mexico during the conquest, the one that symbolized European culture and sustenance was wheat, right? And so this wheat farms served as a foundation for Spanish usurpation of native lands in central Mexico. We think we're not 100% sure, but Juan Garrido, he was an African who was a member of Hernán Cortés' expedition, was said to have found three grains of wheat in a bag of rice, and he planted them and became the first person to cultivate wheat in America. So this guy, Juan Garrido, was given property in 1522 for in exchange for his service, and he became a farmer. By 1524, a message that Hernán Cortés sent to Charles V mentions cultivation of wheat in Coyoacán, you know, Mexico City. And that's when bread became a big part of the, of the culture clash of the two different worlds because, you know, again, because of the religious history of the communion wafer, Spanish missionaries really preached the goodness of wheat as part of their like message that it was religious necessity. And that wasn't, bread isn't a food that, you know, the indigenous people ate, you know, and so they found the taste kind of bland and they preferred their corn, which I agree too. I prefer corn to wheat, but they were forced to eat it. They were forced to eat it, and they said that it tasted like famine food. I mean, it was like a horrible. Yeah, yeah they didn't. They yeah. were, but they were forced to eat it, and it was one of the ultimate. You know, f you. We're going to plant the wheat where your corn is, and we're going to make you eat this. By 1587, Puebla had become the granary of New Spain, and they were shipping, sending regular shipments of wheat to the ports of Veracruz, to Yucatan, and as far as the Caribbean. So, you know, it took off. It took off, but it didn't take off naturally. They were forced to incorporate wheat into the diet. What are some of the, the colonial breads that this would be? Uh, oh, Claudia. Claudia Serrato. Claudia would hate these colonial breads. <laughs> she would. Uh, a pan especial, which was made with refined flour, flor de harina. It was soft, white, expensive. And by the end of the 1700s, only two bakeries made pan especial. And they were really made for religious higher-ups, no? Yep. And no, this part doesn't exist anymore, I must say. Pan especial, mm. no longer, no longer. Another colonial bread was pan floreado, which was the second best in quality. And it was also made with high-quality flour. It was shaped into round buns. That also no longer exists. Oh, doesn't exist. Pan común, which is similar to bolillos. That's, that, that exists. Bolillos that exist. exist. They're yeah. sold everywhere. So the common bread, pan común, the common bread is that was sold everywhere. That survived. That survived. Pan bajo, with an X, became pan baso, which was a bread made with leftover and discarded ingredients, including weevil riddled flour. Um, it came from the words pan bajo because it was the bread for the poor. 
Um, so this mm. exists in Veracruz. It's filled with beans and mayo and ham and chicken, chorizo, lettuce. Mexico City, it's a street food, and it's stuffed with potatoes and chorizo and drenched in chile guajillo sauce. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is from the colonial Pambajo with an X that was reserved for the for the poor. So the lower class bread. The lower class bread survived. Basically. Yeah. And then this one, the asemita, is another bread that survived. That's a reference to a popular bread made in medieval Spain by the Sephardic Jews that live there. And it's sort of a crunchy bread that's topped with uh, sesame seeds and a mix of flowers. Um, And now there's a a semita torta in Puebla that uses that particular bread that Mm. survives as well. So under Mexico's French occupation in the 19th century, um, after that, the country was inundated with bakeries. And that again, that's where we get the, the bread in Jalisco to make torta ahogada because that was a French, a French baker that taught them how to do that. So most of the bakeries were Spanish or French owned. Uh-huh. Um, they were owned by French and Spanish, but 90% of the bakers that worked there were native artisans who developed innovative, unique pastries based on European trends, but really, you know, with their native DNA. Um, and I think that's why we we see, you know, some of these breads having like a hybrid of, of what it is. Don't go anywhere. Hungry for History will be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Do you make tortas? It's so funny because I'm not a bread eater, but I like to bake bread. During the pandemic, I was a croissant maker because that takes like three days to make one croissant. And mm-hmm. so I that was my jam during the pandemic. But I like I, I do I'd like to figure out how to bake that 
the bread for the tortas in in Jalisco. That would be very interesting to try to recreate that. I took- we should go to Jalisco and do a torta uh, or a, 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 birote a birote class. That would be amazing. <sighs> We should. We yeah. should do it. I took a class, actually a bunch of classes with Eliseo Lara, who we had on the Pan Dulce episode early on. And I took a Bolillos y Teleras class. It was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was a virtual class. I couldn't believe, like at the end of class, I had perfect bread to make torta. Like it was just, it was amazing. I was just in Mexico City a couple of weeks ago. And my mom is from there. And she was like, bring back bolillos. I was like, I'm not going to bring back bolillos. She's like, bring back bolillos. It's not the same. So Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of bolillos from Mexico City in my freezer for when she comes to visit so that we can have bolillos. Well, this is why I love our podcast is because we like to weave in how history made food evolve. And for the for the torta in particular, after Mexican independence in 1821, the country was searching for a new identity. And, and the torta was born out of that revolution and the way bread was really understood in Mexico. And so I love that, uh, according to historian Jeffrey Pilcher, that the there was a street taco vendor that would make street tacos. And he just had the idea of using bread instead, uh, instead of a tortilla in Mexico City. And that's kind of the first time that the the torta appears, right? It it was Mm -hmm. in this newspaper in 1864. And then by the 19th century, it was no longer tortilla versus bread. Like we didn't have to choose, like the colonists made us, right? Like the colonists were like, no more tortilla, you must eat bread. Now, in the 19th century, it was tortilla and bread. Mm-hmm. And that was like, finally, the harmony had settled in uh, into Mexico. And, we have the choice. It was changed. We yeah. have the choice. We do have you the want, choice. Do you want your, your pork with a tortilla or do you want your pork on a sandwich? Exactly. You have the choice. And in 1892, a man named Armando Martinez Centurion opened the first torteria in downtown Mexico City. And his tortas were considered a Baroque creation, and they were referred to as las, las tortas del Espíritu Santo, the tortas of the Holy Spirit, because they were so delicious. Um, he sold tortas with chicken, with pork, with milanesa, with, with sardines, which I don't know about that. But they had avocado and lettuce and chile, chipotle, queso fresco, and it was such a popular uh, torteria, the people like the actor Cantinflas used to visit, musician Agustin Lara, like it was super popular. And he always accompanied the tortas that he sold with an orange, pineapple and lime agua fresca. Um, So this was the first torteria, but then we have regional torta variations, you know, all over the country. You have the, the tortas ahogadas that you mentioned from Jalisco, we mentioned briefly the semitas from Puebla that have string cheese and milanesa. Um, but every region has a different torta. But it's basically, you know, it's an interesting sandwich. Is the bolillo the only one, the only bread used for There are different breads. There are different breads, but the most common breads for tortas are the bolillo and the telera. And they're basically a similar type of bread. The bolillo is a little rounder, um, sort of oval and a little just sort of more 
you know, chubby. It's crunchy on the outside and soft and spongy on the inside. Um, and then the telera is a similar dough, but it's flat. Um, so it's a little bit flat. It's oval. It has these two incisions on top. But these were the two most popular ones. Teleras, sometimes used in place of the tortilla. Um, but it's essentially the same thing, that telera's origin comes from an inferior wheat bread consumed by Andalusian workers in Spain. So the recipe was modified in Mexico. Um, but it's essentially the same dough used for the, for the bolillo. It's just a different shape. Yeah. Well, the birote is my favorite. I've never You've had You've never had one. I've never had a <gasps> tortilla. That is life-changing. That's I will the say. bread. I was like, yeah, it's French influenced, right. but it's much it was perfected in Guadalajara because it has a crispy outside that endures the salsa, the drowning of and a soft baguette inside that lets the meat and pork lay beautifully on it. It's the perfect bread. Mm. So for me, I love a torta ahogada. Let me ask you a question about the torta ahogada. Have you had it anywhere outside of Jalisco? No, no just there. No, you I, can't. You can't, I, though. There are it's a bunch of places. Impossible. You can't because of the bread. It's not the same, right? You no, can't yeah, the, bread the bread cannot... You can't recreate the bread because of the altitude and the water and the mm -hmm. soil. Like, it's a whole thing with the birote. So it, it people have tried. They believe me, everybody has tried to replicate it outside of Jalisco and it's impossible. You know, like they can't get it right. Ah, okay. Because I know yeah. there are a bunch of places in LA that have tortas ahogadas. I haven't tried, Ooh, but try. I wonder, I have to try, but I feel like I have to go to Jalisco and taste the original and then I can, and then I then can Then you have a, a bar of reference. Do you know the birote? is named after, was named after the, Camille Pirot, a, a Belgian baker for the French yep. army in Guadalajara under Emperor Maximilian. Yep. It's so cool. So the bread is a little bit more acidic. It's a little more sour than um, than a traditional sourdough. Is the, is the sauce that goes on the torta ahogadas, is it like a spicy sauce? Is it like a tomato? Well, base? that's the thing. That's the interesting thing. It's obviously tomato chili base. It's red. But you, you can, the sauce, they pour the sauce on it and then they go, do you want spicy? And you say, yeah. And there's a different red sauce that they put on top of that. Mm. Yeah. So the sauce that goes on is actually a sweet sauce, considerably less huh. spicy. It's made of tomatoes and chiles. Uh, you can have media ahogada, which is half drowned or bien ahogada, which is well drowned. So wait, do you eat it? With your hands? Yes, and a fork and a knife. Like, it all falls apart. All right. <laughs> that sounds so good. I want, I want a torta ahogada now. It's usually made of pork carnitas. That's mm. what this is. It's usually made of pork pork carnitas with the pickled the pickled red onions okay. on the top. Oh, my God. That sounds delicious. I'm hungry. I love that the birote is basically a Mexican baguette. That's what they call it. Yeah, Mexican mm -hmm. baguette, but with chile. So it's so not with a chile sauce. It's so not a baguette. When we come back, Brian Ford, an award-winning bread baker with Honduran roots, is joining the show from his kitchen, and he's got a new cookbook called New World Baking that is set for release later this year in October. You can pre-order that now. And guess what? Brian's sharing his thoughts on tortas. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back, everyone. I had a chance to hang out with Brian Ford for his new show he's working on with Shondaland and iHeartRadio. It's a podcast called Flaky Biscuit, and it launches on April 11th. Here he is sharing his thoughts on tortas. My name is Brian Ford. I'm a baker, author, and TV host, and I'm working on a really amazing new podcast on Flaky Biscuit. We welcome our guests onto the show, and I cook their most nostalgic meal. I mean, and it could be anything from apple pie from the gas station or vending machine, or it could be their grandmother's most signature dish, whatever it is, whatever that nostalgic meal is, I am going to try to recreate it for them to enable us to have a conversation about whether or not I delivered what's called the Proust effect, where food is a vehicle for these nostalgic memories. That's Flaky Biscuit. And I'm super excited about it. I don't really eat tortas often. Um, and the reasoning behind that is because I, if I'm going to eat a torta, it has to be a really, really great torta. I'm very particular about it. I live in New York City, um, so there are definitely lots of great tortas there. And my favorite type of torta is the torta ahogada. I mean, it's absolutely a phenomenal torta. It is, uh, you know, carnitas stuffed into a, a freshly baked birote bread, which is a sourdough bread made specifically in Guadalajara. And this torta is then drowned in two different types of salsa, and one of them is very spicy. Uh, and then, of course, we've got some red onions that kind of go on there as well, pickled red onions maybe, maybe even a little bit of uh, crumbled cheese. Uh, I really recommend everyone try it. I think that the soul of the torta 
at the end of the day, the core of a torta is Mexican cooking and the flavors, spices, and ingredients that are associated with Mexican cuisine. If you really think about what a torta is, at the end of the day, you know, is, is it a sandwich? You know, it's bread with filling. But to simplify a torta and call it a sandwich is, is not really doing it justice because of how unique these fillings and flavors and textures and ingredients really are. I mean, when you're eating a torta, you're going to know distinctly that you're eating something with that Mexican soul in it. And, you know, there's so many different types. Uh, you got to get the bread right, of course. You know, you've got to get the meat right. And the way the meat is prepared is very important. So I think the soul of the torta at the end of the day comes from the techniques and traditions from the cooks of Mexico. There's one torta restaurant right near our house in Mexico City, and we walk to it a lot. And it's it's one of Pepe's favorites. I mean, Pepe loves tortas. We don't make them at home, but he loves he loves tortas. I make tortas when I go to my Mexican markets. I'll always buy teleras, and I'll just put like a little smear of black beans, ham, some cheese, some chipotle, and avocado, and that's it. And I love them. Uh, Pepe was saying, he just said, in Mexico City, it's called Tortas Royalty. That's the in, place to go. Uh, in Mexico City. All right, yeah. that's the place to go in Mexico City. Well, I think if anybody, anybody listening in the LA area, <laughs> let us know where the best tortas are because i'm i'm game i'm game to have my mind convinced that it's more than a sandwich it's a it's a special sandwich it's a special it's a sandwich, sandwich on, it's a sandwich on steroids i do love a good torta i do love a good torta Thanks, everybody, for listening to our torta episode. If you have any great recipes or places, please leave them in the comment section below. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week. We have an episode all about beer. Did you know that humans have been drinking beer for well over 7,000 years and that the original brewers were women? For millennia, beer provided an important source of nutrients and was a part of the average person's diet. Making beer was a household task, so naturally, it fell into the hands of women. So when did brewing move out of the home and become a commercial activity associated with men? It's a good story that involves witchcraft. So tune in next week to find out. Hungry for History is an unbelievable entertainment production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more of your favorite shows, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, 
State Farm is there. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 